Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode 37 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm Esther Newman, editor of Women's Running, and in this episode, we're talking about recovery with Linda Jaros, a breathing and wellness coach. Linda has been passionate about caring for athletes for her entire career, and that's more than 30 years now. The thing that made me immediately warm to her was her statement that we don't run with just our legs. It can be borderline dangerous if you seek professional help for a running issue, and they only focus on that one bit. Linda, as all the best professionals in running do, looks holistically at each of us, at our whole bodies. She talks, for instance, about the importance of good nutrition in our recovery and also ways in which we can minimise stress and improve the quality of our sleep. She also explores concepts such as conscious breathing and at the end of the podcast gives us a very simple technique that she uses as part of her focus on athlete recovery, a simple bit of breath work that will help you relax and to recover. If you're sceptical about meditation, this is not what you might think. It's a couple of minutes doing something very, very simple with an almost instantaneous calming and relaxing effect. Magic. Linda now works for Ufos, the recovery footwear company, whose ethos closely matches her own. She talks here about how recovery footwear such as this can help your body recover from training and remember If your body recovers efficiently, you will get fitter and stronger, faster and reduce your chances of injury. This podcast was a revelation to me. The box breath technique that she explains is incredibly relaxing and she's really made me think about what I wear on my feet and what I do after a run, which is possibly more important than what I do during a run. Do you know what? You should totally become a member of Women's Running. For one thing, podcast listeners can claim the best discount we have for membership to Women's Running, which is 35% off. That's less than £2.95 a month. And for that, you get our brilliant magazine and you also get loads of money off the sorts of stuff you love, 
like lovely kit, nutrition and class memberships. And more than that, you'll be one of us, which is priceless. Go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter WRPOD at the checkout for your brilliant discount. Come and join Women's Running. We'd love to have you with us. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. It's, it's, it's lovely to meet you properly. I am extremely thrilled because um, what we're talking about today is a passion of mine. And it's not just UFOs. It's, it's this whole space of uh, caring for athletes and, uh, and uh, years of doing that. So I'm, I'm excited. Oh, Very brilliant. Excited. Oh, I'm, yeah. yeah. Well, so are we. So um, can, you, can you tell me what it is that you do exactly to sort of explain? Sure. Um, so for 37 years, and I say that because just in December, I actually retired officially from my practice. I uh, began rehabilitating um, athletes and I started with professionals um, with soft tissue work, in other words, muscular therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I began working really closely with a lot of healthcare professionals um, that were really high levels in their business um, because of the you know caliber of athlete I was working with. Um, I started with runners, and um, and that was a huge part of my practice. I did work with other athletes, but for the for the crux of my career, um, my reputation within that group was uh, that I was the go-to in the area, along with we had a few other people that were known to work with that. So muscular therapy and keeping them primed for um, between races, during training, um, it was critical for them to figure out how, how soon before a race should they get worked on. And everybody's body's a little bit different, so we would know. Um, and also educating athletes on you know, how do you uh, come back from an injury, prevent injury, and a lot of things that people do consistently, thinking it's the right thing to do, for instance, stretching. Um, a lot of people stretch before they run. And uh, connective tissue or soft tissue in the body isn't prepared for that. So, you know, we're looking at how do you warm up your body? So, uh, you know, my, my career has spent a lot of time educating people on how do you best support this whole integral system of connective tissue in your body that runs the show and how do you do that? And so that, you know, that was the, the crux of my, my work. I uh, have owned a wellness center for years and I also taught, um, I started with yoga and then I realized that yoga was wonderful but I wanted to integrate um, other mobility practices that uh, yoga is a very, very linear kind of, you know, um, uh, activity in many respects. And a lot of people didn't know how to work that in. And, and not only that, for a lot of athletes, it wasn't very good because it was a little bit too intense. So we were looking at how do you become flexible as opposed to just stretching? How do you get mobility in your body so that you move well? And there's a lot of different things over the years that I explored, I shared. Um, and so that was a big, huge part of my practice to make sure I could share that with them. So, um, and also breath. 
I did a lot of work with um, coaching people on doing conscious breathing. What's conscious breathing? Conscious breathing is when you are bringing your attention in a very conscious way. In other words, you're not just going through your day and, oh, I breathe anyway. You're actually set aside time during the day where you can slow your breathing down so that when you need to, the night before a race, when someone's maybe a little nervous, somebody is training and they're at that critical stage and their body's tired and they're having a difficult time sleeping because it's not recovering. What breath can do is to help that recovery nervous system. We have two nervous system, one that gets us prepared for competition and prepared for training, and the other one that helps us recover from it. That recovery system can really recover when we do practices like meditation. And conscious breathing is just another form of that, where you slow it down. It can be as simple as, you know, closing the eyes and inhaling through the nose and then slowing the exhale out. Um, there are so many different ones. And, and, and today, perhaps at the end, I can share one that I teach regularly to athletes to help them get to sleep, to help them calm down in a pinch, in a quick you know, moment. So um, all of that wellness practice and everything that I do, uh, we're looking at the whole athlete the whole being rather than you're a runner, you know, and that's a, that's really a, a passion of people. And it's a small portion of that entire day, but it can really get consumptive. If someone's not taking care of themselves, if they're injured, it can take over, you know, their feeling of well being in general. So yes. So that's my, my background is that I started, at 24 years old in 1984, um, and it was, uh, wow, it has been an incredible um, uh, opportunity for me to, to help that, that group of people, and I did work outside the scope of that with, with numbers of people, but um, athletes have been my passion to kind of help them balance a little bit better. And so with the... Um with a kind of soft tissue therapy, what, what sort of stuff were you doing? Was that, was that a massage or, or is it more than Yeah, that? So, so soft tissue um, typically refers to massage or body work, um, manipulating soft tissue. And, um, and the thing is, when I started, I was doing work. A lot of times athletes hear that they should go in and get deep work. So I said to everybody, and my athletes know this very specifically, if they're going off to see anybody else or they're traveling, is that depth does not mean hard and painful. In fact, if you're working and you're, you're getting a massage and somebody's working on you and it's really painful, your nervous system is protected by the soft tissue, the fascia, the connective tissue. It will literally wrap around and harden up around the nervous system, your soft tissue will, to protect it. And that's why someone, if they're on a table, ooh, ow, you know, and, and really pulling back, we're not accomplishing deep tissue at that point. So the best way to actually receive 
is that there's got to be a real nice communication between the practitioner and the athlete to know what that limit is. And you find that out in the first session. Where are they with that? And you let them know. Sometimes an athlete, and, I, and this is my, you know, the first time they come in, I'm talking about hydration. You know, are they, are the, is their tissue hydrated enough? And I can usually tell if, if the whole body, more of like a systemic, not one area, but if the whole body is a little bit resistant and not relaxing into the work, especially if I'm working my way in more carefully and slowly. So it lets me know, and there's lots of other ways you can tell, but it's a great way to kind of get an athlete on course to begin to hydrate their tissue properly because, you know, soft tissue is called soft tissue for a reason. It should mold and move with our body. When the tissue is dry, it's one of the, the most, uh, most uh, often I find it's a reason for a lot of injuries is that someone is not properly hydrated. Therefore, the body is not moving well. And then when it's not moving well, we get compensatory injuries, injuries as a result of one side of the body is tightening up and the other side isn't working well, so it has to make up for it. And so what happens is when I can get somebody to hydrate properly, we can actually eliminate a lot of issues that can come up later on. So that's that first session is really about that. So it really, you know, when I do the body work, it encompasses a lot of things. You know, it encompasses manually working on the tissues so I can soften up and help to take the pressure off the joints so that they're moving better. Because, you know, for instance, a knee joint. A knee joint is a hinge joint. It's meant to bend and extend. It does a little bit of torquing. But if that joint, the quadriceps and your hamstrings are all bound, or your calf muscles, what happens is all the attachments are going around that knee joint. And then the knee joint gets a lot of pressure so that structurally a more serious issue could result because it's constantly being either, either there's a compression going on and then people will have issues with the, the uh, structures in the knee, cartilage and all of that. And a lot of that can be eliminated by really kind of taking care of the soft tissue in the body. So I, I've been passionate about it. It has been, you know, 37 years I never got bored with that work because it, even if it's the same athlete coming in, I look at what's going on and I look at what's happening and I know them. So I know if, wait a minute, what happened? I can, I can see. And so it's kind of a roadmap to how the athletic body can function. Do you you think that, um, you know, the work that you've been doing over the past 37 years, do you think that a lot of your athletes that came to see you, that they saw you as quite radical? Because I know that um, from conversations with um, other sort of healthcare professionals, um, especially in kind of, you know, physios and things like that, it's quite common, I think, to go and see someone and for them to sort of look at the one thing that you've come in to, to talk about. And it's different and and hoped for that the professional that you're speaking to will say, oh, yes, but what about the rest of your body? And what do you do for the rest of the day? Were you a new thinker at the time? It's really kind of interesting because when I started, there were very few people that were known 
um, as the, the massage therapist to go to. I was in the New England area in the States here and um, I quickly became, and mainly it's because when you start working with one professional and the one that the woman that I worked with, her name at the time was Patty Catalano. Uh, her, her name is Patty Dillon. And um, she was somebody that was very familiar and very body aware. So when I began working on her, I have to say I wasn't even out of school. And I was actually a co-manager of a health club. And she came in from a, from a, you know, a run and she was very emotional because she was limping and I offered to work on her. I don't know what possessed me to this day. We talk about it and I don't know what gave me the, Hey, confidence to go and do it. But I said, Hey, can I help you out? Can I, you know, you know, help you with the swelling and whatnot. And she first said no. And then a couple of minutes later, she doesn't even know why she came back to me, but I worked on her for two hours that day in the locker room. We put benches together. I had no table, whatnot. And she asked me to work on something else and work on something else. The answer to your question is, I didn't know at the time I did something differently. I really didn't. What I knew is it didn't make sense to do it any other way because we don't run with just our legs. For instance, if somebody's upper body is really stiff and tight and they're like this and they're, they're, they're not getting that mobility in their upper spine, it's going to transfer to the hips and the lower body. It's got to. And because your feet, we have this expression, when your feet hit the ground, everything changes. But the whole body is a network. And so when I started working on people, I immediately automatically did it. Was it radical? I think it was. Because even today, I have to say, I meet people that are getting treatment. And it's still confusing to me because I feel like we have a lot of knowledge out there. And I don't understand when someone's not looking at the big picture. Um, another way that I feel a lot of times people will start doing strengthening exercises when they're injured or they will be doing stretching when they're injured. And it's actually too premature. In other words, you've got to examine the soft tissue, the connective tissue, and make sure that it's all in pretty healthy condition so that when you go to engage in a strengthening exercise, you've got the neurological hookup to actually do it properly. And when you've got tight tissue, the nerves are not communicating effectively. So what happens is it's not really the most productive use of your time. You know, whether you go see a professional or whether you engage in self-care techniques that are addressing that soft tissue. And there's a number of things people can do on their own. So, you know, I, um, it, it is a big area for me, and it's something that every athlete that comes in, I educate them, and my athletes know. They know that point that you run with your whole body, you know? And um, so, yes, I would say it's even still, yeah, it's not as common. I wished it was. Yeah, me too. Um I, do, I think um, it, it's interesting just to hear you talk about it, that, that the kind of the concept of recovery, it's, it's almost like there, there, are, there are two strands to that. There's recovering from injury, but there's recovering from your training. From Yes. And it, it would be interesting to talk about that just because 
when we talk about recovery it it has it has so many little strands to it because recovery is is what you eat it's what you do it's kind of absolutely. you know it, it's how you rest um it's absolutely everything that you're doing afterwards um is that something that you you talk to your athletes about uh absolutely because you know i i have this expression and this is another kind of cliche expression pay now or pay later do you want to be having to be recovering from an injury or do you want to take proper recovery with your training? Now, I, I find sometimes when people are serious about their athletics um, and they're really training and they're doing it and they're, uh, they're really cycling like when their training is, is peak and that downtime and all of that, when somebody really understands the purpose of that, we call it periodization, where you're, you know, you're going to be in a certain mode at a certain time. And then, and then, you know, you've got it all scheduled out. And some people work with coaches doing that. Um, that's, that's real important. The thing is, is that I find, you know, that daily recovery and, and how does someone know that? A, a real interesting thing for anybody that's listening to this, and, and many of the athletes might already know this, is that checking heart rate resting heart rate in the morning. Um, if you take five to seven days, it doesn't require seven days, but you could do it so that you include the weekend. But first thing in the morning, I mean, there's ways of getting these heart rate monitors that you can put on your finger, can check oxygen levels, um, and can check heart rate. And first thing before you get out of bed, before you do anything, you just wake up and you take your heart rate. And you do it over five to seven days, and then you do the average. You want to find out what your base is. And then what somebody can do is when they're in a training phase where, you know, they want to, they want to check to see, am I resting? Am I, am I waking up in the morning and I'm, I'm recovered overnight? It's a really great indication of whether they're really truly resting. Um, I'll ask usually my athletes when you wake up in the morning, do you feel ready to go? And if they're telling me, no, I'm feeling tired, you know, I felt tired three days in a row, whatever, um, that means they're not sleeping. They might be in bed eight hours, but that doesn't mean you're sleeping. And so there's lots of ways to monitor that. There's lots of, you know, Fitbits and different things that will check sleep patterns. But I will say that one of the most universal ones is the heart rate. And it's something that you can use as a base when you feel like you're in a good space and then you can compare that to other times. But I, I will say that, um, you know, uh, when, when my athletes are coming in, I am asking, you know, um, you know, hydration, yes, very, very important for recovery. Um, you know, are, some of them do need electrolytes. Some of them are not, you know, if nutrition isn't good, they might need some supplementation. Um, there's a lot of people I have in the wings that can kind of go over those dietary things with an athlete. And I'll suggest that if I'm picking up things in their soft tissue, because I can feel that. Um, it's kind of funny when you're real skilled, you can feel nutrition, whether it's good really? or not. Oh yeah. I can, I can pick up in tissue if someone's levels of protein are good or not. I mean, there's a lot of people. How? That what does really, that feel like? Well, it's interesting. Um, the integrity of the tissue, meaning um, tissue should have a real good bounce back when I'm working on it, when it's healthy. Um, it should not feel 
um, either that there's pockets in it or it's broken down. For instance, if someone pulls a muscle and they come in to see me or they're training really hard and their tissue can feel very, um, oh, how shall I describe this? When I'm working on it, it's not smooth. There's a lot of pulling away and pockets where my fingers are going into and I'm going, whoa, something's not um, the integrity or the fibers are not, um, they're not repairing. And so it's something that when I'm working with the muscles because I can, or the tissue, I should say the connective tissue, I can feel those changes. Um, and it's, it's something that there's, a, there's usually a red flag if I'm feeling too soft and it's not repairing. And then I will usually, and it's, it's so interesting, I'll usually say to the athlete, so how's your nutrition been? A lot of times when an athlete gets injured, they actually cut back on calories sometimes or they're not really good. They're doing comfort foods and they might be eating a little bit of not nutritionally dense food. And so I'll usually say to them, look, it's great to be balanced. I'm not somebody that, that says, hey, you can't ever do this or that. You know, I don't believe in that. I, I think that creates imbalances. However, they've got to make sure that they're eating enough protein. Good protein. In other words, what is good protein? It's the protein that repairs your tissue. There are people that do really well um, on vegetarian diets. There's other people that don't because they're not digesting that form of protein. And everybody's got to figure out what works for their body. And that's going to be determined by, you know, do you get injured a lot? If I have an athlete that gets injured a lot, I'm going to look at that and go, you know, there's something going on. It could be biomechanical, but it could be that there is something going on with the overall uh, function or not efficient function of the repair in your body. And so we need to look at that. And like I said, I, I, there's a lot of health professionals that I have around me. So I have people I, that are resources when I need that assistance, the, the basic information I will give someone. But if someone needs to go get blood work to kind of really look at that, and, and sometimes they do because something's not healing. Um, stress fractures are another one. Someone's got, you know, if, they, if they've got stress fractures a lot, it could be nutrition. It may be that it is biomechanical and they got to look at that, but nutrition is a big part of that, you know? And um, once again, it's not so much someone might say, I'm eating a balanced diet and it's real important that they also digest and that your body can utilize the nutrients. So that's another, you know, that's another whole component to that. So what should we be doing as runners? Say, say we're a kind of an average runner. Um, we're going sort of maybe three, four times a week um, with a, with a longish run at the weekend. What do we need to be doing to recover from, from that running? Well, the first thing that I would look at is number one, um, really check in with quality of sleep. So, you know, what I was suggesting about the heart rate, I think everybody should do that. Get a baseline, kind of know where you are and, and let's look at the real practical things. You know, um, if somebody is under stress, what are you doing as, you know, to, to um, manage that? Or do you have tools in your toolbox? What I love to suggest to everyone, every athlete I have come in, Find some form of practice, whether there's so many apps out there that somebody can use to do guided meditation, 
to get a quiet moment where um, instead of watching television until right up before you're going to bed, there's a lot of stimulating television. And I have nothing against that. It's just that you've got to have that time to let your mind quiet down. And it doesn't take long. You could, you could do something, some slow, deep breathing, lying in bed, you know, not even five minutes, and find that that's just enough to help your nervous system calm down to prepare you for recovery sleep. So, you know, finding, you know, like people think that meditation is something where you got to block your mind out and it, it really got a bad rap from a lot of, you know, um, you know, movies out there that were making it look difficult. Um, I, I say to people, meditation can be listening to waves. Just get, get nature sounds, close your eyes and listen to it and let it wash over you and embody it. I mean, you could sit by, if someone lives near a, a stream or the ocean, they could sit by the water. Um, anything that you just kind of draw your attention to and stay in the moment with is meditation. So not to make it a chore, but to make it something you look forward to doing. So I would say that's a real big piece that not everybody does. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, what kind of self-care does someone have in place with, um, you know, whether it's, I have very, very particular ideas about foam rolling and all of that. Um, there is a method that I, that I trained in um, called the melt method that I think extremely highly about. And um, it is a self-care technique that involves foam rolling and other little tools that you can use on your feet. Um, the woman, Sue Hitzman, that created it, um, she did it. She was a body worker and she's a fitness professional. And she realized there was a need for people to do something at home. It is one of the most well-explained, very productive form of self-care that I've seen out there that someone can do in their home. And when you're using a foam roller, for instance, a lot of times people, once again, they dig in. Harder is better. And I say less is more. Get in, get out. The whole idea, her method is called the melt method. And what I love about that, what attracted me, uh, I was at an event, a fitness expo, and I happened to see her booth and I hadn't heard of this. This was in 2012. And I love the name of it. So I went back because I wanted to know what it was. And they gave me an experience of melting one of my feet, but not the other. Um, it was such a dramatic impact on me. I went, wow, everybody needs to know how to do this and they can do it at home. And so not everybody's got a body worker in their back pocket. And I, what I love about Melt or any other self-care practice, you take the responsibility on. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter where you are. It's portable. You can take it anywhere and you can do this and you can do it to prep yourself before you go out for a run, there's a lot of her techniques you can do that way so that it prepares you and you're actually, you know, your body's communicating really well together. And then when you come back, if there's something that you needed a little tweaking, you can go and use it as well. It's gentle. It's, it's very respectful of the tissue and it's wonderful. Um, the other thing is, is that there are tools out there. There's massage tools. 
um, once again, and you won't be surprised to hear, I have a very, very strong thought about this, is that there's a lot of tools that are using percussion. And percussion is a very abrupt, can be a very abrupt disruption of the nervous system because percussion is more of a, a very intense push, 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 push to the, to the muscles. Mm-hmm. But there is also other equipment out there massage equipment that can be used at home that uses vibration and a little friction. Some of them are called buffers. Um, There's another piece of equipment called rapid release, which is a high vibration. But what vibration does as opposed to percussion is it literally, it literally disarms the nervous system from getting overexcited and contracting having that soft tissue contract around it to allowing it to receive the benefits of the massage equipment. And what does massage equipment do? It actually hydrates your connective tissue if done properly. Okay, so we're talking about pliability. We're talking about recovery. You could literally, with some of this vibration and friction equipment, do it before you run. Because it's not going to alarm your system to protect it. However, if you use a percussion piece of equipment on a calf muscle before you go out for a run and halfway through the run, it cramps up on you, chances are the message to that muscle was danger, danger, and, you know, to that nervous system, and it was really not prepared. And so those are things that I think, you know, are not understood that there has to be a respect of the connective tissue in the nervous system so you get the most out of your self-care. So uh, to me, once again, you know, having those self-care tools, something in your back pocket, research it, look into it, you know, um, and then learn how to use it, you know, on your own. Um, Doing those massage, that massage equipment on the bottom of your feet, there's wonderful foot massagers out there. And as long as you're not wincing, on the foot massager and you're getting a wonderful experience, that's a great way to start that connection of hydrating the connective tissue from your feet up. And uh, anyway, so there's a lot of different self-care one can do at home. So I recommend people really exploring um, things that they can do in their home to take care of themselves, for sure. How, How often should we be doing that? Well, (laughs) um, To me, it's a daily practice. Whether I'm athletic or not, there's something that I pick out with my self-care. The the meditation breath is a daily practice for me. I I began doing, you know, teaching and, you know, coaching people and breathing practices, gosh, over 15 years ago. Um, What it did for me was it, um, I was having anxiety that I didn't know where it was coming from. Um, I couldn't pinpoint it. I will tell you that the reason why I share breath with people is because um, it completely went away when I actually developed that practice and has not come back. And so what I began to understand about that practice is um, it helps us integrate stressors that accumulate in our body on a very deep emotional level that very often present themselves physically as tension in other ways. So um, they're not separate. That mind-body connection is very real. And so, you know, that was something that every day I think is a beautiful practice. It doesn't have to be hours. 
someone doesn't have to meditate for an hour. It's better to do little bits of it throughout the day than having a time that you have to set aside because it's not going to happen for most people. You know, they'll end up finding another thing to do. And so I have something that I call take five, which is five slow, deep breaths connected, meaning the inhale is connected to the exhale, is connected to the inhale, five slow breaths. And then you kind of tune in and say, hey, do I feel a little different? Am I a little calmer? If the answer is yes, great, go about your day. If it's nope, I'm not there, do it again. And do a few rounds of that throughout the day. And that's a thread that can go through. The self-care, I always work on my feet every day. So whether it's taking a little ball, and I prefer soft, and rubbing that all over the bottom of the foot, that's pretty simple. Somebody could do that if they're working from home. They have it on the floor in front of them. And they could actually do that. I say to people, do it like you're scribbling on the bottom of the foot, you know, and, and play with that. Um, obviously, I know we're going to get to this, but, you know, the footwear UFOs is something that every one of my athletes, whether they were professional or not, every one of them got introduced to UFOs. And for me, it absolutely is that step of recovery because of the properties of it. And, you know, whenever you're ready to talk about that, I can, I can well, segue into that. Let's um, segue right now. Yeah. I mean, let's do it. So, I mean, so I know that you work with them now. H how well, did you discover it? Yeah. So this was wonderful. I, um, uh, let's see in 2011, um, I was approached by one of our, one of the partners in UFOS, one of the founders. And um, I had worked with him 20 years prior and he had relocated to the West coast of, uh, of our, uh, of the United States. And so he contacted me and said, are you available to do a massage? I'm flying in. I've got something going on. I said, sure. And he nonchalantly mentioned to me without any detail at all, you know, myself and a few other people that have been in the footwear industry, you know, we have this shoe, you know, and, and so in my mind, I'm, I'm like, I have this picture in my mind of what he's going to send me. And he said, do you mind if I send it to you and you can tell me what you think? I said, absolutely. So I don't know how lo much longer after that, a week or two, I get this beat up a box that comes <laughs> to my wellness center. I open it up and there is this hot pink. <laughs> you just, um, sandal, you know, looked like a thong sandal. Now you have to know when I looked at it, it is a style of shoe with the toe post that I have never worn because they've never been comfortable up till UFOs. And so for me, I looked at it and went like, oh, I thought it was a shoe and whatnot until mm -hmm. I put it on my feet and I was by myself at my wellness center. And I will tell you, it was an instantaneous, whoa, um, I don't know what this is. I walked around, and this is how I describe it to people. My feet communicated with my brain and started saying, my wheels were turning. I'm a very, very body aware person. And every part of my body was having a moment. And, and what happened was, I, I walked around my studio. I have a little yoga studio at the time and I walked around and I went, wow, that day I, I made everybody take their shoes off and step on it and say, feel this. 
and you gotta, even if it didn't fit them, you know, these gentlemen with big feet, they came in and I said, you gotta feel it. What happened was over the next days and weeks, I was writing an email to this gentleman and I was articulating what was going on in my body. The first thing that happened was I had bunions. I was on my feet all day doing my work. I looked for shoes. I'd been through every shoe to do the work I do clinically around the table. And at the end of the day, invariably, I would get to the end of the day and I'd want to take the shoes off for one or two reasons. Either my feet were in pain or I, I was just tired. I was just like, I got to get them off. Mm -hmm. I began wearing UFOs that day for working, for walking, and for five months. I actually had the same pair. The bunion pain that I had had that would come and go completely disappeared. And to this day, I will tell you, I can wear other shoes without pain, which made me realize something changed organically in my feet. Something changed with the tissue over time. Um, that was and completely a surprise to me. Eight months into wearing UFOs, and, and uh, when I articulated to the company, they got me connected to the marketing person um, at the time. Duncan Finnegan was her name. Um, she, is, she was a, um, a brilliant person in marketing, and, and uh, she is the reason why we have our uh, Project Pink campaign. She passed away of cancer um, a few years ago, and but I would sit in a room with her and we would talk about this. This recovery story got born and it was more anecdotal. In other words, I, I was going based on my experience. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as we started getting it on other people's feet and they were having great responses, plantar fascia pain going away, all of that, we had a lot of, if you would call clinical, you know, based on that experience, information coming in. We had no research at the time. So for me... It started that way, and then it very organically grew into where I became somebody that was, you know, a lead ambassador. I could speak to from the standpoint of what my background was with working with athletes, but I could also speak to the fact that I really understood, you know, um, the, our product and the style and how they interacted with the foot. So... That day on, I began doing more integral work. And then it was, you know, January of this year, um, I actually made a decision in September to retire my practice. And one of the reasons I've come on with, to, you know, with UFOS as a brand educator and an experience specialist is because I wanted the next chapter of my life to be meaningful, like the previous chapter. And the last you know, you know, 10 years doing work with UFOs, I got more and more excited about it. And I know it's really hard to hear the passion in my voice <laughs> for this brand. But I have to tell you, when someone comes in and gets body work done or any physical therapy and they leave an office and put on shoes that are made out of performance materials, in other words, they have a rebound effect. They're actually creating impact to your body. And that's great for performance, but a lot of people wear their athletic shoes all the time. And, and the problem with that is you're still getting impact to your body. You kind of think you're not because it's kind of a little more cushy than a dress shoe. Mm -hmm. But all of the shoes that are made out of that material is creating that in your body. So when you put an UFOS on, 
the foam that offers that 37% more impact, measurable, it immediately disperses that impact to your body away from the joints. So all through your body, you're getting the benefit. That's the first step to recovery, in my opinion, is to stop the pounding and not even just from running. That's a whole nother thing. It's every day if we're walking on unnatural surfaces and we're not walking on grass or sand, we're not getting that experience of relief to the body. And what UFOs did was created a footwear where you could have that experience of walking on a natural surface wherever you are. And that to me was beyond brilliant. Um, it's the material and that footbed design that kind of creates that experience of allowing your foot to move in all ranges of motion. And that's the only way the deep muscles of your feet can actually do their job. When we're wearing other footwear, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, I'm going to simplify it. It's like your feet go to sleep. And the reason why we've got a lot of issues with plantar fasciitis is many ways that it comes on. But what happens is that's a ligament. And so it's, it's on this superficial, it's the ligament. So if your deep muscles aren't doing their job, that ligament gets stressed. And so whether someone puts on weight, if it's a big training, overtraining thing, can create issues with plantar. Um, there's so many things that can create, you know, issues in it. But if your feet are actually doing their job and the bridge of the body, the arch, is actually, you know, um, toned and working well, um, it's a remarkable difference on our knees, on our hips, on our backs. And it really, truly does affect how our whole body operates. So to me, you know, UFOs addressed that initial, initial problem. And I will tell you, I think that all of us that work for the company exceedingly get more and more excited because, you know, we're really helping with a, with a problem that we've got on the planet with people not feeling good. And our mission with UFOs is to make people feel better. And to me... Uh, that had been my mission for 37 years doing my work, and it just complemented it perfectly. And I really love having the opportunity to talk to people like yourself and, and other people to let them know that, you know, when you get your treatment or when you do your recovery, you want it to continue as long as possible. So what better way then to find something? And to me, UFO shoes should be part of the equipment. It should mm -hmm. be that thing that's in your gym bag. I would wear those to the gym. I would wear those when someone gets up in the morning and you're getting your coffee and you haven't run yet, um, particularly when the weather gets colder because your feet need to warm up. It's a great thing to do to kind of get that, you know, the juices flowing, if you will, and get that hydration in the feet and through the body and get your neurological system even kind of a little awake because that feeling of moving over the footbed, it, it does wake you up all around and you go, okay. You know, and it starts to get you ready for your training. And then when you're done, slip them back on, wear them as much as possible. And, you know, um, there's a lot of, you know, tough things about the pandemic. But I got to tell you, one of the positives are a lot of people are wearing UFOs more often. <laughs> you know, they are because 
because they're working, you know, they're walking around the house or doing those things. So um, it's, it's been a great plus for us, to, for people to really get more benefit from what we do. I think it's, it's really interesting. I think there's, um, there's a lot of education that's needed there because um, I think that probably quite a lot of runners might see UFOS, a recovery shoe, as being a kind of a luxury added extra um, even though the price point is is pretty low, but they might see it as kind of, you know, I've already spent, you know, more than £100 on a pair of shoes, running shoes. Why do I need to spend more money on something to wear in between running? But when you're talking about how that recovery is not just recovery for the soles of your feet, that it's a recovery for your entire body because it changes the way that you walk because of the support that you get. That arch support is amazing, isn't it? it? it, and, it yeah, it was, yeah. you know, that was that was something that was so remarkable to me when I first put them on is I was trying to figure out how did they get the softness, but the arch is still supported. And I, and I felt it consistently day after day. And, you know, the point that you're making about, you know, a lot of people look at things like this as a luxury, you know, it's once again, I will say to people, when someone gets injured and especially a runner, we'll show up at these different running expos at Boston And we'll have people that trained all year and they're injured and they show up and they go, I want to race. I've got to race on Monday because I spent all this money to prepare. And yet they're coming and they're desperate. The thing is too often people are looking too late to go and you know what? They're not really like when we were talking earlier about how do you, I I call it pre-covery. That was a term we kind of coined a little bit with UFOs is why are we not thinking about preparing and, and making sure that we're, we're doing things before we actually get ready to go run and then making sure we're taking about care of it after. Unfortunately, when I started my career doing muscular therapy, the first time I would see some athletes is they were injured already. They were looking at massage therapy as a luxury. Because some of them, you know, that's what it was. For a professional athlete, no, it's part of, it's built in. Mm -hmm. But for someone that really takes it seriously, I used to say to people, getting a massage once a month just to get on a table and relax a little bit, learn something about your body. It's a great way to, to kind of tune in. What I feel like what UFO, you know, what UFOs has done It's been that piece that to me in our industry and really in footwear in general, it's really been missing. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, we also talked about recovery is a buzzword today. It reminds me of the word natural. When the word natural came out, everybody called everything natural. And then it was like, well, wait a minute. Is it organic? Is it this? Is it that? So recovery is another word that I think is being misused. And, it, and there's a lot of people that are touting that in footwear. And I guess my question for anybody that's looking at something, if there's an athlete looking at whether it's a, you know, a nutritional drink, anything, I think that you, we need to start asking, what do you mean? What does that mean that you're saying recovery? And like I said, with UFOs, right off the bat, when you get that kind of impact absorption, that is a tremendous break to your body that immediately starts that process. But then you add the design of the footbed, which takes pressure off the forefoot, and I happen to have one here, the forefoot and the heel a little bit, 
what happens is that's where a lot of pressure and issues come from. Then you're supporting the arch. Then you add the fact that it's allowing your foot to move. You've added all these elements that just elevated. And we've got, we've got four research studies done now. And the last one, when you have a researcher that sits in front of you and she's a runner and she gets excited about where we can go with further research, that was fun for me. Because I already knew experientially and in my practice what it was doing for my athletes. But to see a researcher that didn't have a connection like I did to get excited, that's pretty exciting for us, you know, as far as, you know, uh, where it can go. And um, I just really think that um, people need to look at, do you want to have less downtime? Do you want to be... Do you want to be able to run and make the decision if you take a day off because you just want to rest, not because you're injured? When you're forced into rest for injury, everybody that is listening to this, that is thinking about what they've been through in their running, whether it's casual or whatnot, that's not a fun time. I've never had anyone say, oh, yeah, yay. You know, <laughs> I get to take a break because I'm injured. We don't. We don't want to be in pain. We want to continue doing what we love to do. And if it's a passion, then why wouldn't this be an important component of it? It's a good question. And I think it should be front and center. And I, and I do think UFOs, one of the things is, you know, our, our tagline, we've got three words, feel the ooh. And what I would say is if anyone's listening to this and they haven't, had the experience of being in an UFOS, um, you know, and when you're in the right size and style, you know, you'll know because all of a sudden there's a look on your face or a feeling in your body where, you know, consistently people would go, ooh, and this was before we had the tagline. I would give it to somebody and they'd go, ooh, you know, and so when you, when you look at the name UFOS, I say to people, there's a reason why we have the name that we have. And, and there is that experience and expression. And, um, and it's, it's really fun. And to have a footwear that you can actually say, you know, makes a difference in your life all around. I, um, I've never said that about anything. And I love wearing <laughs> our thong style. It's one of my favorites because it keeps my foot over the arch. And, um, and I've never had trouble with them because the toe post is soft. So it's something that changed my view about that. But UFOS is the only footwear I wear. I'm kind of addicted. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of addicting. Yeah. Uh, well, you, I was wondering what was going to be happening next with UFOS and with you. I mean, um, because it sounds as though the technology that is available is um, I mean, it's fantastic. Um, it, it kind of more runners need to be using it, more athletes need to be using it. But I just wondered what was going to be, what's the next big, big thing? What's going to be happening next in terms of um, enabling us to recover better from UFOS? You know, what, you know what UFOS does a beautiful job at? Our designers, you know, we really listen to what people want. So they started out with a sandal style and they, they started out with that style. Because the mission was to get as many people to experience, and they wanted to always keep the price point on the original to be at a certain level so that it's available to everyone. 
what happened after a while is people said, well, wait a minute, I want to wear them at work. Can you make a shoe? So what UFOs did is we came out with the UMG after the clog. We actually had the clog. And then we also had women that said, I want something prettier. So we have an ooh-la-la, you know, <laughs> which gives it a little bit more of a dressy style. We are, we are actually, the designers are always working on different things. And they're working on things some people are, some people are doing walking. I mean exercise walking in our shoes. And they're not designed for that as far as durability because it's like they're put mileage on it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the benefits of our material are so wonderful and elevated, but with that, it wasn't intended for performance or exercise. However, I know that they're working on something that, that may be down the line that might combine a couple of things that are going to you know, address that. Um, they're currently working on um, a shoe that's going to revolutionize the outdoor space, and I've already seen it, and I'm so excited about it beyond it you know i i said to them when they when they show me designs and they have me test something um what my reaction to what's coming down the pike was oh my gosh this reminds me of the very first experience and um and so there's a lot of designs based on what people are looking for this is the thing ufos is looking to create footwear that can really change the way people put, you know, look at what they're putting on their feet. 80% of podiatry issues or 80% of, of issues that people go into a podiatrist for are improper footwear. So when you look at that being the number one, and now we have young children that are active really early on, and they're, they're young athletes. And so there's a lot of kids going in with some pretty serious orthopedic things mm-hmm. because they're in the growth spurt and they're pushing. So, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, many young kids have feet large enough so that they can fit into some of our smallest shoes. We don't do things for young, young children, but it's something, you know, that, that kids need to look at taking better care. And um, if the parents are really getting that idea, then we can have a different, you know, impact going forward. But um, I would say that there's a lot of exciting things besides color and um, <laughs> all of that. Yes, because we have a lot coming out. Um, we have a lot of variety and um, of shoes that are available now. So I would say what's coming down the pike is UFOS is always going to be looking at ways to make the experience of uh, walking on the planet you know, on unnatural surfaces a little bit better. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot. And the educational process is continuing. We've got a lot of um, professional teams, athletic teams, that are um, buying our, our UFOs as equipment. That's how they brought it in on budget. Um, it was um, a few years ago I had an opportunity to speak with coaches and the medical professionals um, at the uh, – and LA, uh, LA football team. And oh, now I'm having a mind, my mind is blanking out. But what <laughs> happened was they invited us, they wanted us to come and talk to them because there was uh, the coaches themselves who had had a lot of injuries were literally emotional when they described what our shoes did for the quality of their life. And these are people that said, had I had this earlier on in life, 
it would have been everything. Um, the other thing is the medical professionals working with their team basically said to us, compliance. When we ask an athlete to wear a particular footwear after we've treated them in the training room, we've never had such great compliance as we have with UFOs because they like it. And you know what? That's something that's going to help the treatment on the table, you know, carry over. So that was really, really awesome for me to hear that. Um, and I think we heard that consistently with soccer teams and all of that, that they were loving our shoes. So it was easy for them to put it on without being told. We need you to wear these because it's going to help your body. And so it, it's great when you don't have to do that, when people just want to. So, yes. So I'm excited about the future of what's happening with UFOs. Amazing. Um, you said earlier that there's a chance that you could talk me through some breathing techniques, perhaps, that would be good sure. for recovery. Would that sure. be okay? So, yeah. So one of the techniques that that is so universal, and many people that are listening might know about it, but I find that it's the easiest one to teach, is one that's called the box breath. And so I, um, I'm going to describe it first, and then I'll have you, you know, you can close your eyes and, and go along with me. But basically, if you picture a box out in front of you, and if you're down at the left lower corner of the box, when, we, when I, you know, talk you through each breath, it's going to be that you're going to, I'm going to ask you to take an inhale for four counts up to the top left. Then I'm going to have you retain or hold the breath in gently for four counts to the right top corner. Then exhale slowly out the mouth down to the lower right and then hold the breath out going along the bottom. So when we're going up the side or down the side, we're actually inhaling or exhaling and then we're retaining the breath when we go across. And if we do a couple of rounds of this and just focusing, now this is conscious breathing. This is one of those that I was talking about. Okay. And so if anybody that's listening can close their eyes and we're all looking at the lower left corner and slowly take an inhale for one, two, three, four, hold the breath in one, two, three, four. Exhale through the mouth, one, two, three, four. Hold the breath, one, two, three, four. Inhale through the nose, one, two, three, four. Hold it across, one, two, three. Four, exhale through the mouth, down, two, three, four, hold it, one, two, three, four, inhale through the nose, up, two, three, four, retain it in, one, two, three, four, Exhale through the mouth, down, two, three, four, hold, one, two, three, four. One more round. Inhale, two, 
three and four. Hold it one, two, three, and four. Exhale one. Let the shoulders drop two, three, four, and hold one, two, three, four, and then let your breath come back to its natural rhythm. Excellent. So a lot of times when people do this, they say, you know, it was really hard for me to hold that breath in. It was and what hard. I would say to everybody, if anyone experienced that, is that you can definitely, when you're doing it on your own, count a little more quickly. However, it's sometimes a psychological thing that people think that they don't have enough oxygen. And so mm -hmm. it's a wonderful thing to train. And that is part of, if your nervous system is a little excited, it might be that, that that's a little more difficult until you get it trained to be able to relax and to have a larger capacity. Because we all really do, is that when you take a deep breath in and you hold your breath, there's a lot of oxygen in your cells that you're actually you know, able to breathe, you know, able to utilize it, your body can utilize it without having to take it through your nose. So it's great to develop that as well. And it, it gives you an indication of how healthy, you know, your breathing is, if you can do that. So it's a real simple thing to do. It's a great thing before bed. Um, hopefully, if somebody is feeling a little anxious, they can feel the difference before and after. And I don't mm -hmm. know how you felt with it when you did it. Is, yes, it, um, it's, it's really well it's not something that I do so it's kind of but you know it's something that I it feels like um you know breath work I've, I've read about it um it feels like a, an important part that, of, of our kind of recovery that sh we should be doing and I like the sort of the mindfulness um without the kind of meditation aspect I mean it is a form of when you're doing that it, it does feel sort of slightly meditative but that, well, that's really easy to fit in, isn't it? Well, it really is. And you know what? That's the whole thing with people thinking meditation. You have to cross your legs in an uncomfortable position. You have to sit with your spine up straight. I actually recommend people when they're doing breathing is to actually recline. And that way your whole breathing mechanism is open. It's not compressed. You have a greater ability to get that air in. So to me, as long as somebody's not following, falling asleep when they want to do conscious breathing, <laughs> not that that isn't appropriate if you're tired, but the idea is, is that get in a comfortable position, make it something that you enjoy and that you'll do because meditation isn't good if it's not something that you want to do or if you think of it as punishment, you know, or stress. So yeah, there's lots of different ways to do it. It means you're paying attention to one thing. That's why breath is, to me, the easiest way to get somebody into a meditation practice is to just bring your awareness to that. A couple of minutes. And I can imagine that could be so useful, like before a race, you know, for the, for the anxiety levels. You know, we had a year where I was, you know, on a panel, a runner's world panel. And um, my role was the recovery, you know, talking about recovery. And um, what happened this year, that, that, that particular year is, the weather was supposed to be great, and then a huge cold front came in. There was going to be rain and ice, and everyone panicked because people didn't bring appropriate clothes. They had no idea. It was just, they were so anxious. So I taught everybody and said, look, they were going to be bussed down to the starting line. And I said, when you're on the bus, 
this is something you can do so that you can stay calm. Tonight, before you go to sleep, you know, the night before the race, I said, look, take a few minutes to do this. Stay in the moment when you're out on the course. You're going to know if you need to do something else. But too often, people overthink it. And that shuts them down so that they're not thinking logically. They're in a panic mode. They're in fight or flight. And then that creates a whole myriad of issues in the body. And so what breath can do more efficiently than anything I've ever found is to actually get somebody back in so that their intuition, their, their, their you know, intelligence of their body can actually communicate more effectively with their, them about everything. You know, what to do, nutrition, everything can be a lot more clear, you know, when you're in that state. It, yeah. yeah, it just, it feels amazing. I just, do you, do you think that um, if we actually took all your advice, do you think that we would have no injuries whatsoever? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> however, however, you know, there's so many other things at play. Um, what I would say is you could be injured less often. Um, I can't account for the biomechanical, but you can have a better chance of recovering more quickly, preventive. Um, my whole thing is, you know, like if you, if you do things to kind of help do your best to prevent things, you could have less time off um, from all of that. But there may be some people with the answer to that could be yes, that there are some people that are really on the cusp of being fairly healthy and that they could prevent or delay issues in the body. You know, a lot of people will say that, you know, as we age and then after that word, da, 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 that there's all these things. Um, I'm 61. I'm a very active 61 year old. I don't believe that age as much as what we do as we age has to do with what the outcome is. I believe we can be very healthy as we age and be very healthy athletes but we've got to start earlier. And so there's many people that are athletic when they're younger. And we have a whole nother generation of people that are starting very early on in their growth spurt. So there's some issues with that, but we've got a lot of people that take it on later in life and that's great. But when you do take it on later in life, you do have to pay attention to, you know, how is your soft tissue? If you didn't do anything with it for a while and all of a sudden you're jumping in to becoming a runner, it's real important to kind of look at that, especially if you want to feel good doing it. And so I would say, if you want to feel good doing it, I would encourage people to really look into all the things that they can do for, um, you know, their own recovery, their own self-care, and then elicit the help of somebody that's, that, that's more educated um, if you want to, to kind of get even more training, whether that's getting a coach, whether it's seeking out nutrition, if you, if you don't feel like you've got a good handle on it. You know, so I, I think we can do a lot. We can prevent a lot, you know? Yes. That sounds like exactly the kind of message that I want everyone to hear. Follow this mm. advice. You will do better, basically. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's pretty simple. And, you know, that's just it. I always say to people, it's not that complicated. We tend to complicate it. And, it's, and, and you got to think about it. There's an industry out there feeding into it. So somebody opens up, you know, their social media and they see all these ads. Um, I would be confused if I was somebody looking at all of them. Mm -hmm. There's many times I shake my head 
because I look at the message and I know people are being drawn in by it. But I think that everybody's got to be a, you got to be a little bit of a critical thinker, start to ask questions about it and then, um, and make really, really good informed decisions. And then the other thing is when you go to do something, um, whether it's some recovery tool or whatever that you're using, you know, ask yourself, is it working? Some people do things because they think it's the right thing to do, but it's not working. And so you have to ask yourself, and that's the thing with UFOs and I, I, that I go back to. You know, I say to people, it's the gift that keeps on giving because it, it's working and it's making changes. And for me, wow, you know, the, the, the value of something that can do that is tremendous. So mm-hmm. I would look at everything else that way. Um, any decision I'm going to make around recovery or taking care of myself, I'm going to look at that way. And, and really ask the question, is it delivering what I need or what I was looking for from it? And if it's not, you've got to listen to that because there's an intelligence to your body. And I always say to people, you know, your body has the last word <laughs> and let's make it a good last word. Let's make it a real, you know, that it's, that it's really loving the things that you're doing for it. And if it's not, you've got to step back and take a look at that, you know, and reevaluate. That yeah. just sounds like the most sage advice ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way because I just think that you know we've we've just got to kind of keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Wise words. <laughs> Thank you so much, Linda. Oh, you're very welcome. I enjoyed I enjoyed this time with you, and uh, and I hope that everybody found benefit in what we're talking about. And I and I, you know, uh, got that curiosity about checking out you know our shoes as well because um i think that people will be um if they haven't had the experience already they're going to be um real surprised yeah no i always think that i always think that when i put them on i just think crikey you know more people need to know about this (laughs) but um, yeah well i mean and and that is why when you ask me what that next step is that is why i'm here you know sharing that because i do feel people really do need to know you know, so it's great. Yeah. But thank you for having me. I appreciate. Oh, thank you. I feel like I've learned so much. It's, uh, it's Wonderful. been really, really interesting. Honestly, that box breath thing is one of the best things I've learned ever. Shrug any cynicism aside and give it a go. If nothing else, it's a brilliant technique for those middle of the night wakeful moments. And sleep is the most important part of our recovery, after all. For other important recovery tools, Check out the range at ufos.co.uk. Linda's right. When you put them on, you just go, ooh. This podcast was recorded over Zoom. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. Podcast listeners can claim the best discount we have for membership to Women's Running, which is 35% off. That's less than two ninety-five a month. And for that, you get our brilliant magazine, And you also get loads of money off the sorts of stuff you love, like lovely kit, nutrition and class memberships. Go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter WRPOD at the checkout for your brilliant discount. Come and join Women's Running. We'd love to have you with us.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.